Thank you for being here. You may be seated. Kale is coming to read our scripture today. Today's scripture reading is from John 10, 14 through 16, 27, and John 16, 7 through 15. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the, she for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the word concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of the, this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare to you all that the father has is mine therefore i said that he will take what is mine and declare to you this is the word of the lord thank you so much kale appreciate your reading that scripture kale is a student at west forsyth and a football player i believe right yes sir i hope it'll be a great year and a great season ahead for you Thank you, Kale. Thank you all for being with us today. Great to have you here. Uh, if you're missing some people you normally see, that's because we have about 200 people this morning that are, are at our church camp will be returning today. So I uh, hope they've had a wonderful time there and really glad to have you here with us this morning. Um, I want to take a moment before we get into the message today to ask you to look for a moment at what we call our vision frame. Our vision frame is uh, a way we present who we believe God has called us to be as a church. I think of it as a window frame through which you look into the future, and in the future we have what we call our Vision 2025. It's a full-page document that you can read on our website. But this morning I'd call your attention to the discipleship pathway at the bottom of the frame. We like to think of the discipleship pathway as a map for spiritual growth so that if you're new to the church and you're wondering, how can I grow spiritually? Well, we think these four steps uh, provide a good pathway for spiritual growth. Worshiping together, we're already doing that today, but growing in a group. Studies have shown repeatedly over the years that while people grow spiritually and significantly by gathering in worship, their growth goes to another level when they begin to participate in a smaller group of some type. And this is the time of year when we are starting up our small groups anew. And I just want to call your attention to that. As you move around the frame to the left, you'll see the values, and you'll see that the second one from the bottom is relationally connected. We all need to be connected with other people, and getting involved in a group is another good way to do that. So I point that to you. You'll see if you're using the church app or you're looking at a printed bulletin today, 
our journey group kickoff this Wednesday night and then later our taste of community for small groups. If you're interested in those things, I commend those to you. And um, again, thank you for being here today. Wes led us in a beautiful time of prayer just a moment ago, and I'd like to to pray once again today because I realize this is a week when we have a a lot of students uh, starting into school. Some parents are taking kids to college. Some are dropping off a child at kindergarten for the first time. Those can be uh, emotional times. We've got a lot of teachers and administrators in our church starting up. I'd like to take just a moment to pray for all those involved starting school this year. So would you join me as we pray once again? Father, it's your church. We're gathered in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. And we want to pray for every student headed off to school, that your blessing would be upon them. Lord, from kindergarten to high school to college, we pray for grace. We pray for protection around them. Lord, we pray for those who are teachers, administrators, staff in schools, that you would watch over them and bless them. Let this year be a year when the students of our church grow academically, but also grow in the knowledge of you. Give them friends who will help them to walk in your paths, paths of righteousness. Bless them and keep them, we pray. And we commit them into your hands. In the name of Jesus, amen. We have begun uh, this month a short series of messages we're simply calling questions from our students. Several months ago, I asked uh, Pastor Brian Edmonds um, what some of the questions were that he was hearing from students. So he actually solicited a, a, a list of questions that he sent to me, questions our students were asking about the Christian faith, about the Bible. As you might imagine, there were some fantastic questions in that group. And there was a little cluster of questions around the topic of guidance. How can I discern guidance? Questions like, how do you know if God is speaking to you or if it's just in your head? Questions like, what do people mean when they say, God told me? How do you know if God's telling you something? How can I discern God's guidance? So I'd like to talk about that a bit this morning. How do we discern guidance from God? Well, first of all, God has always been a guide to his people. One of the images he chose to use for himself that is found in both Old and New Testaments is that of a shepherd. In the book of Genesis, chapter 48, in verse 15, Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, is recounting God's faithfulness to him over his long life And he speaks this way, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. What a beautiful way to reflect upon your life. Wouldn't you love to be able to say that at the end of life? God's been my shepherd all my life long to this day. God is a shepherd to his people. Of course, King David in the Psalms writes, the Lord is my shepherd. Another psalm, Psalm 80, written by a man named Asaph, reads this way, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. As a shepherd, God leads his people. He reveals himself to be a guide to his people. Just like a shepherd leads sheep, God leads his people. 
We get to the New Testament and see what Jesus said. He's very clear. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus told his followers he'd be their shepherd. But what about after he dies? <clears throat> what about after he is raised from dead and ascends to heaven? He's still a shepherd of his people. In fact, he's called the great shepherd of the sheep. The writer of Hebrews says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, may equip you with everything good for doing his will. Peter writes, For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and bishop or overseer of your souls. Jesus is not only our shepherd, he's watching over our souls for their well-being. Isn't that a beautiful thought? He's the bishop, he's the overseer of our souls. And he will always be our shepherd, always, even in eternity. We read these words in Revelation 7. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them. He will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God has always been a shepherd to his people. If you know him, he is your shepherd, and he always will be. So what should we know about guidance, guidance from God? Several things are important if you're following along on the back of a bulletin on your phone or print bulletin. We'll start into that part now, but the first point is this. Guidance comes from knowing the guide. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Not everybody, only those who are my sheep. One of the unique privileges of a believer, of one who's in Christ, of one who is accepted by faith, his salvation, received him as Lord, is hearing his voice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will pluck them out of my hand. The shepherd guides his sheep, those who've given him, is, uh, to whom he's given eternal life. And again, you become his sheep by embracing the gospel, what Christ has done on the cross in his death and in his resurrection. To all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. My sheep hear my voice. Furthermore, the Lord gives his Holy Spirit to those who are his sheep. In the passage Cale read a moment ago, we saw these words. When the Spirit of truth comes, and this is a reference to the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what a he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Notice the things the Holy Spirit is said to do here. He will guide, as you're looking at that verse. He'll speak. He'll declare. Jesus says he'll glorify me. One way we can know when guidance is from God is that it will be glorifying to Jesus. Never contrary to that. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans, those who are Led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. One of the great privileges of being a believer is that the Holy Spirit guides us in life. He leads us. He bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. When you receive Jesus and you are 
born again, regenerated. It is the Holy Spirit who does that work. He's joined with our spirit. He bears witness that we are, in fact, children of God. Guidance starts with knowing the guide. It's part of the heritage, one of the privileges of a believer to have God guide us in life. <clears throat> Secondly, guidance comes to those who are willing to do his will. Jesus was in the temple teaching to Jews that were gathered there on one occasion. He knew certainly that some of them were not believing in them. And to that crowd, he said, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. Essentially, he was saying to them, if you really want to know God's will, you'll know. You'll know if what I'm saying is true. There's not much point in God giving his guidance to someone who doesn't really want it or is not really willing to do it. One of the books of the Bible that shows Christians, believers, being guided by the Holy Spirit is the New Testament book of Acts. And there are a number of just beautiful instances of people getting specific guidance from the Holy Spirit as they're doing God's will. An example of that is found in Acts chapter 8 with a man named Philip. Now, Philip was not an apostle. He was a deacon in the early Christian church. And in Acts chapter 8, we read that Philip went to Samaria and started preaching Christ to them. They had not heard the gospel. He went to preach it. <clears throat> Many of them came to faith. But the Lord called him away from Samaria to a, a, a particular road, and as he's standing on this road, along comes a man from Ethiopia riding in a chariot, a man who worked for the queen of Ethiopia. He's riding along, and he's reading something. And the Spirit said to Philip, now that's very specific, the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip, go join this chariot. When I read words like that, I wonder, how did he speak? Was it an audible voice? Was it just an inner prompting? Was Philip standing on the road and he saw the chariot and he, and he just felt like, boy, God wants me to go talk to him? Well, we're not told exactly. The few instances where God speaks audibly, and the very few in the New Testament, we're told he speaks audibly. So I suspect it was just an inner word to him from God. Go over and join this chariot. Philip runs over and uh, here's, he's reading Isaiah the prophet of all things. It says, do you understand what you're reading? And Philip uh, sits down and explains the passage. He leads him to Jesus and, and even takes him down and baptizes him in some, some water. But Philip was willing to do God's will. In fact, he was already doing it. He was out sharing the gospel when he got specific guidance. And we find accounts like this throughout the book of Acts. Very next chapter, Acts chapter 9, there's a man named Ananias. And God speaks to him, tells him to grow, go and pray for a man named Saul, that he may recover his sight. In Acts chapter 10, Peter goes up on a housetop and he has this vision of, of, uh, of things he doesn't understand. And God shows him that he's wanting him to take the gospel to non-Jews, to Gentiles. Recounting it later, he says, the Spirit told me to go. Take the gospel to them. So God is speaking to people, but these are speaking, he's speaking to people who are willing to obey. 
The Bible says in Psalm 95, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. Don't be like the Israelites of old. When God spoke to them, they disobeyed. That's the same verse as quoted in the New Testament book of Hebrews. Today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Guidance comes from knowing the guide. Guidance comes from the willingness to do his will. If you're seeking to know God's will about a big decision, and, and you're submitting it to God, and you're really praying with sincerity, Lord, I want to know your will. I want to know about whether to go to this school or that school. I want to know whether or not to date this person. I want to know whether to take this job or not. And you're really seeking to know God's will. If your heart is set on being willing to do God's will, you're, you're a significant part of the way there already. Because God gives his guidance to those who want his guidance, who are seeking his guidance, who are willing to do his will. A third thing that should be said about guidance is this. God's guidance will always, always be in agreement with his written word. His word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. The apostle Paul writes that all scripture is inspired by God. It's breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, correction, training in righteousness. The Holy Spirit has inspired the writing of scripture and he does not contradict himself. The Holy Spirit will never tell you to do something that is contradictory to scripture. So scripture provides this wonderful, infallible guide by which we can judge and discern all other forms of guidance. It's a beautiful <clears throat> uh, account <clears throat> of the significance and authority of scripture that's given to us by Peter. Peter had a remarkable experience with Jesus. He and James and John went with Jesus up on a mountain where Jesus was literally transfigured before them by the glory of God. They saw this incredible thing, this reality, Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah in this bright presence, this bright glory. And then they heard the voice of God the Father actually speaking from heaven. <clears throat> what an experience. And he's recounting it in the book of 2 Peter, but notice what he says. When he, referring to Jesus, received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, God the Father. This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. Wow. They heard an audible voice in this instance. We were with him on the holy mountain. But notice what he says. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. To which you will do well to pay attention is to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, man but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What is he saying? He's saying, we had this incredible experience, incredible vision. We heard God speak, and we have something that's even more certain, the Scripture. Some versions read, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Peter's saying, we, we know Jesus is the Lord. We, we, we saw it, but we got something even more certain. The Scripture confirms 
who Jesus is. There's a lesson for us here. <clears throat> Any form of guidance you may feel you're getting or that someone else has gotten, a dream, a vision, a prophecy, a word from God, someone saying, God told me, Anything of that nature can be evaluated by the teaching of Scripture rightly understood. The Holy Spirit will never contradict himself. God will not contradict in the present what he has spoken in the past. Scripture gives us this wonderful guide. God's guidance will always be in agreement with his word. I'll say this as well. The best way to know God's will is by understanding the Scripture it, it gives us God's general will to apply to much of life. And the better we know Scripture, the more wisdom we'll have for evaluating guidance. Now, granted, Scripture doesn't tell us, doesn't give us guidance about every decision we need to make. Doesn't tell you which job to take. Doesn't tell you which person to marry. Just some general guidance that a believer should marry a believer and some, some other forms of guidance as well, but in terms of specifics, there are things we're not told in Scripture, but God will never contradict the teaching of Scripture by a dream or a vision or any other form of, of guidance. <clears throat> Is God limited to speaking by Scripture? Certainly not. I mean, it's Scripture that tells us that the Spirit will guide us, the Spirit will speak as he did to Philip, to Ananias, to Peter, to Paul. Uh, around the world today, there are perhaps millions of Muslims who've been coming to faith because God has prompted them toward hearing the gospel initially by a dream. Heard these many of these accounts like this. The fact is, billions of people in our world today don't have the Bible. They don't have the scripture yet in their own language. And many of those who do are illiterate and they can't read it. It points to the need for Bible trans uh, translation, for helping people learn to read. These are important things being done. But for, for the moment, I'll simply say this. God's guidance will always be in agreement with his written word. The better you know scripture, the more certainty you can have in evaluating guidance. Finally, I'd say this. Obeying God's guidance will result in good fruit that glorifies the Lord. It'll be consistent with fruit that glorifies God. This passage from the book of Acts is about the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 16, as you see on the screen, <clears throat> it is a really interesting instance of someone who's, who's doing God's will, who's obeying God's word, and getting very specific guidance as it's needed. Paul was going to go preach the gospel. That's what Jesus said to do. It's what God called him to do. He's doing what God said to do. But he didn't know specifically where to go and when to go there. So he's getting specific guidance from the Holy Spirit. We read these words. This is the Apostle Paul, his friend Silas, and a young man now traveling with them named Timothy. And they went through the region of Phrygia in Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Now, when I read those words, I go, how in the world did the Holy Spirit forbid them? Did he close a door by the circumstances? 
did he <clears throat> speak audibly to them? They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Or was it just an inward knowing? I don't think God wants us to go to Asia at this time. And when they come up to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Now, the Spirit of Jesus is just another reference to the Holy Spirit. How was it that the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, didn't allow them to go into Bithynia? What was that like? Was it just an inward knowing in his heart of hearts that the Lord doesn't want us going there? We're not really told. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Well, now Paul's getting some guidance in a dream or a vision. When Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Wow. This is interesting. It's interesting to me, and perhaps you notice this as well, these references to the Lord here. We read of the Holy Spirit. We read of the Spirit of Jesus. We read of God. We see the Trinity at work, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in giving guidance. The fruit of this guidance was remarkable, just remarkable. In the very same chapter, right after Paul gets this guidance, we read of them going to uh, meet a woman named Lydia, and she and her whole household are saved and baptized. Then they're walking along a road, and there's a, there's a, a, a servant girl whom Paul discerns has a demon. They cast the demon out. And as a result, they get thrown in prison. But when they're in prison, God sends an earthquake, releases them from prison, and the jailer says, what do I have to do to be saved? And the Philippian jailer and his whole household are saved. Incredible, incredible fruit results from this guidance. The Acts of the Apostles, this book of Acts, I love this book. It, it could aptly be called the acts of the Holy Spirit, because it's how the Holy Spirit is working through God's people. And many of those people were not even apostles, people like Philip and Ananias. But it teaches us how the Holy Spirit has guided his people into fruitfulness that glorifies Jesus. Now, let me shift gears here just for a moment and try to get a little closer to responding to um, some of these questions, these little cluster of questions about guidance that came from our students by raising the question, how can I discern whether the Holy Spirit is guiding me? And I, I'll say it again. The most important thing I can say is this. Ask, is it in agreement with God's written word? The better you know scripture, the better you can evaluate all forms of guidance, whether it's counsel someone gives you, whether it's someone telling you they think God has said something, whether it's a dream you have, something of that nature, God will not contradict himself. Scripture is our infallible guide forever, O oh Lord. Your word is settled in heaven. It gives us safety. Related to this, the guidance that I think I'm getting or hearing or, or my friend thinks she's getting or, or hearing, is it in line with God's character and purpose? David in the 23rd Psalm says, he leads me how? In paths of righteousness. God always leads in paths of righteousness that are in accord with his character and his purpose. Maybe you've had someone, heard someone say something like this. Person comes and says, well, you know, 
my wife and I are Christians, but uh, I'm just not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I've met someone at work who uh, I'm really excited about, and so I've started a relationship uh, with her. Uh, Pastor, do you think that's okay? And I would say, I don't believe God's leading you into adultery. I, I think that one's clear. He doesn't contradict his word. He leads us in paths of righteousness. He leads us in line with his character and his purpose. You'd be amazed how many people think that the way, though. They think if it makes me happy, it must be God's will, God's leading. If it makes me feel excited or good, it must be God's will or God's leading. He won't contradict his word. Thirdly, and related to this, will it result in God's glory? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You know, so students, you can ask, you know, you're thinking about dating this person. This, this person is attractive. There's a lot you like about this person, but this person's not a believer. This person's involved in things that are, you don't think God approves of. So will I really be glorifying God if I date this person, if I hang out with this person, if I go out with this person? Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Can I glorify God by taking this job, by going to this school, by making this decision? It's a good way to filter guidance. Can I glorify God this way? Furthermore, <clears throat> is it accompanied by peace in my heart? The scripture says that God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. And Paul says in Colossians to let the peace of God rule, rule like an umpire in your hearts. You're called to this kind of peace. Do you have a settled inward peace that this is the right direction for you, the right course for you, the right guidance for you? Sometimes, on occasion, it's been rare, but I've had people come to me with a form of guidance they believe they've received from God or someone else has received for them that's deeply troubling. I don't want to give specifics of this, but, but someone came to me, a godly person, committed, mature, very strong in Scripture, strong in the Lord, uh, godly, walking with God, relatively young person, and and um, in a prayer meeting, um, they felt God showed them something, but it was deeply troubling, deeply troubling. Imagine yourself uh, in their shoes, young, newly married person, and 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 you feel like you have a vision or you have a dream that your, your spouse is going to be killed in a car accident or something terrible is going to happen to a child. Talking about things of this, this nature, deeply troubling. But this person uh, is strong in the Lord, walking with the Lord, and this seemed very real to them. And so I was asked, what do you think about that? Well, the first thing I'd say is this, if God, it's a big if, if God ever showed you something 
bad that was going to happen. I think the only reason he'd be showing you that was so you could pray about it. You could go immediately to intercessory prayer and, 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 and pray that God would prevent that from happening. But in this particular case, knowing the effect it had, um, I, I, I tried to think of scripture that could, I could use in replying to this person, and I thought of a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the Apostle Paul is giving guidance for the use of spiritual gifts, or what he also refers to as manifestations of the Holy Spirit, like prophecy, a word of prophecy. And I thought of the verse in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3 that says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. A gift of the Holy Spirit spoken to somebody for their one of three things, upbuilding, edification, encouragement, or consolation, which is comfort. So my response to this person's sense of guidance was, does it result in your edification, your encouragement, or your comfort? Does it result in peace in your soul? And the answer to all those was no. No. Now, it's hard for me to tell someone if they think they've heard or seen something from God that they haven't heard or seen from God because I don't know. But I would say this. If a person comes to you and tells you something that troubles you deeply like that, uh, and they're sure God has told them, I would evaluate it as best you can. You can come to me. You can come to one of our elders, pastors. We'll help you. We'll pray with you. God doesn't torment his people. God doesn't put fear and anxiety in your life to deeply trouble you. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. God's not going to torment you. He'll correct you. If you're going into sin, sure, he'll lead you back out of it. He'll guide you in accord with his will. Yes, he does guide his people. He does use these wonderful spiritual means of guidance, but they're consistent with his word. But I would, I would say raise this question, is it accompanied my peace in my heart? If you're sincerely knowing to know, wanting to know his will, walk in his ways. And then finally, I would add this. Can it be confirmed by mature Christians? <coughs> Especially if you get something uh, related to a major life decision or something like I just described that could be very, very troubling to you. Get prayer from mature Christians. Small group leader, youth leader, pastor, elder, deacon. Proverbs is filled with guidance about wise counsel. Where there's no guidance and people falls, but in abundance of counselors, there's safety. Without counsel, plans fail. With many advisors, they succeed. By wise guidance, you can wage a war in abundance of counselors. There's victory. Weigh it. And if it's a big decision and you need help with it, get some mature people to weigh it with you. Last thing I would say is this. I do believe God speaks just like he did in the book of Acts. 
most of the times when God has, has, has spoken to me in life, it's been through a verse of scripture that just came alive in a particular way. But there have been other times God has spoken a specific sentence or word or phrase very few times. Times when I, I generally don't even tell anybody, but have had things like that that have had very significant effects upon my life. Having said that, though, I would be very reluctant to ever go to someone and say, God told me or God told me to tell you. I've been around people who it seems like every other sentence was, God told me and God told me to do this and God told me to do this and God told me to do that. And you hear somebody talk like that, you can start to wonder, what's wrong with me? I never hear God telling me. Some people are simply... I don't know if it's a little spiritual pride or what it is, but, but I'm reluctant to say that unless it's right out of Scripture. So I would be a little bit cautious about that, and uh, I'd be a little cautious, uh, though God can and does speak through people uh, as he, just as he did in the book of Acts, just as he describes in, uh, uh, Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3, but for edification encouragement, and comfort. So, final thing I'll say is this. If you want guidance, are you absolutely sure you know the guide? Are you one of his sheep? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Have you embraced Jesus as your Savior and Lord? If not, that's the most important thing you can do in life. To all who receive him, he gives the right to become children of God, that is, to become one of his sheep. And you have the promise of his guidance in your life. Do you know the guide? Join me as we pray, if you would. Father, we come in the name of Jesus. I pray for anyone here today or watching online who is not certain whether he or she truly knows you as the great shepherd of the sheep. Father, for such a person, I pray you would gently by your spirit bring them to acknowledge their sin, to repent, and to accept that by faith Jesus has paid for that sin and his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, that you would make that person your follower by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, for those here who need guidance, and we all do, Lord, we need guidance daily, and sometimes we need guidance in really, really big decisions. Help us to seek you. Help us to put down the phones and seek you in your word and prayer and in fellowship with others to get wise counsel when we need it. But Lord, I pray for your clear guiding work for your people. Would you lead us forward into deeper devotion to yourself, into paths of righteousness, into fulfilling your purpose for our lives, and we ask this in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.